Countdown for blastoff. X minus one. Yes, it's Maxwell House Coffee Time, starring George Burns and Gracie Allen. Richard Diamond, private detective. The Johnson Wax Program with Fibber McGee and Molly. Suspense. It's time once again for another comedy episode of Our Miss Brooks. Dragnet. We offer you escape. Kraft presents the Great Gildersleeve. Yeah. I'm that man. Matt Dillon, United States Marshal. Good evening, friends of the Inner Sanctum. The Jack Benny Program. Hi, this is Carl Amari, and welcome to episode 27 of Radio Rarities, the weekly podcast series that examines unique episodes from the golden age of radio. My co-host is the vivacious Lisa Wolf. This week, it's a thriller from one of radio's top horror programs, Lights Out. And there are many unique and unusual aspects of this series. And of the 1943 episode we'll present for you on this edition of Radio Rarities. It's a fine example of the series writer, producer, director Arch Obler's reusing of one of his previously broadcast works. The episode had thrilled listeners in 1938 when Obler was in Chicago and Lights Out was aired over NBC. Right, Lisa. The series had been created by Willis Cooper and first entertained late-night listeners in January of 1934. Lights Out was first a local production on Chicago's WENR. It soon became a regional show and, after gaining the attention of network executives, it was broadcast nationwide. Though there had been a few ghost and monster series broadcast by local stations during the 1930s, such as The Witch's Tale on WOR in New York, Lights Out was the medium's first network horror series. With Lights Out, Willis Cooper brought listeners tales of fantasy and horror via ingenious narrative and creative sound effects. He stayed with the weekly program until he was bitten by the Hollywood bug and headed west to write screenplays for the Mr. Moto film series and later Son of Frankenstein. Arch Obler, who was known to NBC from his previous work at the network, was brought in and assumed the writing duties on Lights Out. Obler's stories were even more gruesome than Cooper's. The audience loved them and NBC continued the series as a sustainer. After two years, Obler followed in Cooper's footsteps and moved to Hollywood during the summer of 1938. Lights Out continued for one more year on NBC with contributions from various writers before the program ended on August 16, 1939. Fast forward three years, the United States is at war and radio is providing an endless supply of news bulletins and escapist dramas for its audience. During the summer of 1942, Don Stauffer of the Ruth Roth and Ryan ad agency on behalf of its client, the Sterling Drug Company, was seeking a new show to replace the Court of Missing Heirs. Stauffer met with Arch Obler, auditioned Lights Out, and was able to negotiate a contract for the program to air each week on CBS. After a three-year absence from the airwaves, Lights Out would once again tingle the spines of its fans. It's interesting to note that CBS had previously banned horror shows from its network, but did a 180 and made a big splash in the trades announcing Lights Out. Whoever wrote that press release must have forgotten or not known about Terror by Night, which was broadcast during the summer of 1936. Ironically, CBS created Terror by Night with Orson Welles in several character roles as competition to Lights Out, which was then on rival NBC, as we noted earlier. Though no audio of that series is known to exist, the search is on, 
And perhaps one day, we'll have it for you on this podcast. The CBS Lights Out series was the first commercial endeavor Obler had on that network and the second in his illustrious radio career. The first, Every Man's Theater, aired over NBC Blue during 1940 and 1941. Most of Obler's stories for Lights Out had originated from his own fertile imagination, though today's yarn is based upon a true story. The episode title may give historians out there a clue. We'll let our listeners ponder that and then provide the details after the show. Okay, let's tune into Arch Obler's grisly story, Murder Castle, on Lights Out, as broadcast over CBS... August 3rd, 1943. Ironized Yeast presents Lights Out, Everybody. Lights Out brings you stories of the supernatural and the supernormal, dramatizing the fantasies and the mysteries of the unknown. We tell you this frankly, so if you wish to avoid the excitement and tension of these imaginative plays, we urge you calmly but sincerely to turn off your radio now. This is Arch Obler. Tonight for Ironized Yeast, one of those chilling stories so many of you like. It's title, Murder Castle. But before we begin, Frank Martin with a question. You know that without food, you couldn't live. And without enough vitamins and minerals in your food, you may feel only half alive. If that's how it is with you, if you're losing weight, losing your pep and ambition, and if vitamin B1 and iron shortage is what's to blame, then listen. Ironized yeast tablets give you both vital substances, vitamin B1 plus iron. Today, ever so many people who were short on these substances tell how ironized yeast helped them regain glorious pep and strength and needed pounds so now they can really enjoy life again. Remember that name, ironized yeast tablets. And now, bites out everybody. I tell you, Captain, it, it don't make sense. We picked her up walking down the street saying the same thing over and over again. Why, she's as goofy as they come, I tell you. Listen to her yourself. Revenge, 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 revenge. Revenge, revenge. Yeah, listen to her, Captain. Over and over again. Such a young and pretty girl. What could have driven her out of her mind like that, I ask you? Revenge. Revenge, 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 revenge. Yes? Yes, what is it? I... I'm looking for a Mr. Henry Stewart, if you please. Oh, oh, you mean about the advertisement? Yes, that's right. I got here as soon as I could. That's all I... right, that's all right, as long as you got here. That's all that matters. Come in, come in. Oh, thank you. Uh, just uh, put your suitcase down there. It'll be all right. Thank you. Oh. Now, if you come right this way. Thank you. Oh, 
Just step in here, Miss... Uh... Malone. Ella Malone. Oh, yes, of course, Miss Malone. Now then, you'll have a chair, please. Oh, thank you. Ah, there we are. Now then, Miss Malone, uh, to be perfectly frank with you, I wasn't quite expecting you today. Oh, I'm truly sorry, Mr. Stewart. But you see, I, I took the wrong train and I... Well, I had the hardest time finding the house. <laughs> I do hope you'll forgive oh, of me. Of course, of course. Don't give it another thought. Promptness may be a virtue, but we all can't be virtuous, now can we? <laughs> now then, um, you're here in answer to my advertisement. Yes, sir, you wrote me. Oh, yes, yes, of course. You're the young lady from... Uh... Uh, from Cranesville. Oh, yes, Cranesville. Uh, you uh, have my letter with you? Oh, yes, sir. Right here, sir. Mm -hmm. uh, oh, yes, yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now then, uh, your friends know you came here, of course. There's no one very much interested, Mr. Stewart. Oh, 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 come now. A pretty young girl like you, no young bows, and so on, so on. No, sir, there's no one. I mean, sir, you can depend on me to give all my attention to my work. Very commendable, very commendable indeed. My work, as I wrote you, is entirely confidential. My philanthropies are, to a great extent, entirely sub rosa. No fuss, no feathers. You understand what I mean? Oh, yes, sir. As my secretary, my affairs will be entirely in your hands. My checking account, my finances, and so on, so on. Entirely in your care. I understand, sir. It's uh, quite a responsibility, and uh, you're quite a young woman. And as I wrote you, the bank... Oh, oh yes, sir, I understand. <laughs> the bond, I brought the money for it. Three hundred dollars. I've got it right here, sir. Oh, fine, fine. That's very businesslike, yes, indeed. Uh, I'll give you a receipt, and there we'll be. Uh, Mr. Stewart. Yes? Oh, my pen. Oh, oh yes, here, here we are. Uh, my money. Uh, will I get it back from the bank any time I leave your employ... I mean, when you want me to? Hmm? Oh, uh, yes, of course, of course. Uh, now then, here we are. Received of Miss Nellie Malone. Ella. Oh, yes, of course, Ella. Memory isn't quite what it used to be. <laughs> That's why I need a good secretary. I'm very good at remembering things. Oh, you are, you are. Now then, uh, we are. Guess this receipt is in good order. Received of Miss Ella Malone, $300 to be deposited with the Merchants Bank as surety bond and to be returned to said Ella Malone upon request. There's my signature. Now then, how's that? I'm sure that'll do very well, sir. <laughs> now uh, then... Uh, you have got my receipt, but I... Uh... Oh, oh, I beg your pardon. <laughs> not at all, not at all. Oh, of course, I have it right here. I am sorry. Oh, well, I understand the excitement of your trip. Here it is, Mr. Stewart. You see, I had it already in an envelope. Now, if you'll open oh, it... Oh, no, no, not at all, not at all. Bank can do that when I send it to them in the morning. Now, uh, just put your purse down there, and I'll show you through your new home. Yes, Mr. Stewart. Now, we'll go right up these stairs. Yes, sir. Oh, yes, you find I have quite a place here. Three stories high, and every inch of it my own design. Rather dark. Oh, oh careful now, careful. Oh, I'm all right. <laughs> Mustn't hurt yourself. <laughs> Hardly the way to start a new job, now, is it? <laughs> oh, now then, here we are. Got a nice room for you, very nice. Fact of the matter is, you can choose any room on this floor. But, Mr. Stewart, your daughter's... Daughter's? Yes, won't they object? You said any oh, room. Oh, yes, yes, my daughters. I did write to you about them, didn't I? Yes, you did. Uh, well, never mind about them. They're upstairs studying. Now, right here. 
I suggest that you take this room, at least for tonight. Whatever you say, Mr. Stewart. Uh, get the light on here. There we are. Nice, isn't it? I, I, I've never had such a large room. If you've got one a little smaller... On the contrary, my dear Miss Malone, you'll find this one small enough. Perhaps a little too small. <laughs> yes, indeed. Entirely too small. But, Mr. Stewart... Locking the door. M Mr. Stewart, why did you... Mr. Stewart, why did you lock the door? Mr. Stewart! Mr. Stewart, why have you shut me in here? Mr. Stewart, please, please answer me. Mr. Stewart, please let me out of here. Mr. Stewart, please let me out of here. It's getting dark in here. Please! Mr. Stewart, let me out! Yes, yes, Miss Nord. There's no doubt in my mind at all that you're the very person I want to employ as my housekeeper. I'm very glad to hear that, Mr. Stewart. Of course, the matter of being housekeeper of a place as large as mine calls for definite qualities, you understand, of course. I always do my best, sir. Well, one certainly can't ask for more than that, no, indeed. Your wife, maybe she'd like to talk to me? My wife? Oh, yes, of course. I wrote you about my wife, didn't I? Yes, sir. Uh, well, my wife is out shopping. As soon as she returns, you will meet her. I'm sure she'll find your recommendations as satisfactory as I did. Make me very happy. I've always wanted to work in a fine house. Uh, now, uh, about money. Oh, any salary you want to pay me, Mr. Stewart, it's, it's all right. I, I just want a chance to show you how good I can do your work. Very commendable, yes, indeed, very commendable. But uh, we must agree on a salary. I'm the sort of man who has respect for money and expects a similar respect in others. Oh, yes, and speaking of money, you'll be wanting to open a new bank account, I suppose. Bank account? Yes, it's my principle that everyone employed by me should have a savings account. Bill's character. I'll open an account for you in the morning. You can transfer any other bank account you have back in your hometown up to my bank. Convenience, you know. Oh, no, sir. I haven't got that. Hmm? I haven't any money in the bank back home. I, I took it all out. Oh, oh. It wasn't much anyway. What was left of father's insurance money after my mother died. Oh, yes, yes. Um, well, now then, supposing you leave all your things here and uh, we'll go look over the house, hmm? That'll be very nice. Hmm. Here, uh, right through this door. I'd be glad to be working in such a big house. Right this way. Oh, yes, yes, quite an establishment here. Designed it all myself. I'll work hard, Mr. Stewart. Oh, yes, yes, I'm certain you will. Now then, right down these stairs. I'll uh, show you everything downstairs first. You have a washing machine? Huh? Oh, yes, 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 everything modern, everything convenient. High, wide basement. There you are. Now, watch yourself. It's uh, just a little dark down here this time of day. Oh, it is a big basement, all right. Could hang up plenty of washing down here. Oh, yes, yes, indeed. Now, if you'll just come this way. You... you building something down here? Building? Oh, yes, yes, indeed. Always building, always changing, always remodeling. Change, 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 change. My hobby, always changing things. <laughs> Hard to keep clean. Now, now, don't you worry about that. Everything will be cleaned up in short order. The bags of sand and concrete, concrete mixer, everything will be out of the way. won't bother you at all. No, not at all. <laughs> now, right this way. You... you're making more room? Oh, yes, yes, indeed. With nice, clean, concrete floors. Here, look at this one. It's kind of dark. Oh, come on, come on, get closer. All my own work. You see, the floor is still wet. <laughs> I like concrete, don't you? Yes, it... It is clean. Yes. Covers everything. You know how deep that concrete is? Three feet deep. Yes, ma'am. Three feet deep. 
and I just poured it an hour before you honored me with your presence. Three feet. That'll make a mighty thick slab of stone, won't it, Miss Nord? Thick enough to cover... You! <laughs> ah, yes, indeed. A fist at the point of the jaw, still a most effective soporific. Uh, well, you're quite a light woman, my dear Miss Nord. Up you go, and in you go. Face down. What an unusual bed you lie in, Miss Nord. Sinking down and down and down. And the concrete will harden. And I... Uh, I guess I will have to get myself a new housekeeper. Ladies and gentlemen, let's lean back now and relax for a moment. Let's take time out from tonight's amazing Lights Out story. The story of a strange, mysterious mansion and the one woman who entered those doors and was never seen alive again. Let's turn during this brief intermission to a much more everyday situation and a question that's much easier to answer. An angry girl is storming out of her friend's house. And her friend says, What can be wrong with Lucy these days? She's cross as a bear, and she's losing so much weight, she looks terrible. She's just no fun anymore. Well, you know what that well-known nutrition authority says about how improper eating due to wartime living may cause a person to become deficient in vitamin B1 and iron, and how you absolutely need enough of them to keep your right weight and energy. Why, well, come to think of it, that was Ruth's trouble when she got so run down. So she took ironized yeast tablets. And you know how grand she looks and feels again now. Yes, friends. Any number of people who, due to vitamin B1 and iron shortage, were losing weight, losing strength and energy and interest in life, tell how ironized yeast tablets help them regain glorious pep and strength and needed pounds. You see, by supplying both vital substances, ironized yeast tablets help two ways in these deficiencies. Help you two ways to look your best and feel and do your best so you can enjoy life again. So if you're short vitamin B1 and iron, don't wait. Go to your druggist this very night and say, A bottle of ironized yeast tablets, please. You're listening to Radio Rarities. We'll return after this short break. If you enjoy classic radio shows like The Lone Ranger, The Shadow, Jack Benny, Gunsmoke, Dragnet, and Suspense, become a member of the Classic Radio Club. Each month, you'll receive 10 half-hour classic radio shows, along with historical liner notes. The 10 shows will be on five CDs or via digital download, whichever you prefer. You'll also receive an email every week with a digital link to the full five-hour Hollywood 360 radio show and the 30-minute Radio Rarities podcast that Lisa Wolf and I co-host. In total, you'll receive 34 classic radio shows per month. Become a Classic Radio Club member at ClassicRadioClub.com or call 815-900-7535 to speak to a live operator. Log on to ClassicRadioClub.com or call 815-900-7535. That's 815-900-7535. Now, back to Radio Rarities. And now, back to our Lights Out story of Murder Castle.
Hello, is this the employment agency? This is Mr. Stewart, Mr. Henry Stewart. I'm interested in employing a nurse for my child. Oh, uh, someone preferably unattached who can live here with my wife and myself. No, 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 just send me their names, addresses and references and so on. I'll, I'll send you a check for the services. My address is 424 East 7th. Yes, that's right, just their names and addresses. Yes, yes, I'll send you a check. Goodbye. Oh, yes, yes, I'll be there, I'll be there, I'll be there. Yes, yes, what is it? Is... is Mr. Stewart in? Oh, yes, 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 indeed. Won't you come in? I'm Mr. Stewart. Thank you. You're answering in regard to... A secretarial uh... position. You wrote me a letter. Oh, yes, 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 indeed. Uh, won't you step in here, please? Thank you. Now, you sit there, I'll sit here. We'll get better acquainted. Let's put your suitcase down there in place. It's all right. Now then, I'm afraid I didn't quite get your name. Ray. Betty Ray. You wrote me. Oh, yes, of course. I remember you distinctly. Um, now then, you have my letter to you just to sort of refresh my memory on the circumstances, don't you know? Oh, well, I'm sorry. Eh? I didn't bring it with me. Oh, well, then, suppose you tell me a little more about yourself uh, and all that's happened. But then father see you off the train, I suppose. Oh, no, sir. It's, it's the way I wrote you, Mr. Stewart. I, I'm quite alone. Oh, yes. Well, but uh, first there's the matter of the surety bond. I wrote to you about that, didn't I? Yes. Yes, you did. Oh, yes, I felt quite certain of that. Mr. Stewart, I was wondering... Yes? Have you had many secretaries? Why do you ask that? I want to know. Why do you ask that question? And what happens to them after you hire them? Tell me, what happens to them? Young woman, just who are you? My name is Betty Malone. Malone? Betty Malone. My sister Ella came here a month ago about a job, and I want to know where she is. Do you hear me? I want to know where she is. I, I don't think I quite know what you're talking about. Why do you lie to me? Why do you lie to me? She was here. She was. Oh, then what makes you so sure? A letter you wrote her, the first one. I waited a whole month, and then I came here. And as soon as I saw you, I thought something was wrong. And now I know there is. My sister Ella, where is she? You've got to tell me. What if I tell you again that I don't know what you're talking about? I I'll go to the police. They'll make you tell the truth. I know she came here. I know she did. <laughs> Why do you laugh? Why? Because you're being a very foolish young lady. Very foolish indeed. There's no need to get excited. <laughs> of course your sister's here. And very happy, too. She... She's here? Yes, yes, and very happy, too. Well, then take me to her. Please take me to all her. All right, all right. No need to get excited. Of course I'll take you to her. I intended to all along. I was just having a little joke with you. Is she all right? Is she of course, all right? Of course, of course. Now then, come right along with me. Come right along with me. Come right along with me. Yes, yes, she's right up here. Been with me for over a month. Why didn't she write? Why didn't she tell me? Now then, I down this hall, and you can ask her that for yourself. This, this isn't a trick, is it? My dear young lady, you have easily the most suspicious mind of anyone I've ever met. Why, I'm quite a helpless old man, and you always have recourse, as you put it, to the police. Here we are, right in this room. Well, go right in. All right. Well, it, it's locked. Well, knock on the door, and she'll open it for you. Ella? Ella, it's Betty. Let me in, darling. It's Betty. What do you know? Must be sleep. Ella, please. It's Betty. Your sister Betty. 
Well, now, she certainly is a tight sleeper. But she can't be sleeping. Open the door. Please open the door. All right, all right. No reason to get excited. Well, quickly, open the door, quickly. Oh, now, don't excite yourself needlessly. There you are. Go ahead. You open the door. Ella, it's Betty. Ella, what? Now then, my dear Betty, we understand each other clearly, don't we? Ella, dead. Nothing like a complete understanding now, is there? Ella, dead. Oh, it wasn't so difficult. I shut the door, sealed it, and nature took care of the rest. Ella, dead. She died quite easily. Much easier than others. Why? You mean, why do I do it? It's a very simple explanation, young woman. This is my business. Yes, yes, my business. Some men make their fortunes in stocks, some bonds, some in business. And this is my business. Why? 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 Why is any business conducted? Profit, my dear. And I've made quite a neat little profit. Oh, yes. And a very safe one, too. Ella, dead. Yes, and you're the very first to come wandering about looking for one of my uh, customers. The first. And I assure you, the last. Oh, yes. Thirty women have come in my front door. Ella. Thirty-one, including you and Ella. Uh, come on along. No. I'll tell you all about them. You'll find it most instructive. Yes, indeed. Now, come. Don't. Don't hold my arm. Oh, but I must. These corridors, they twist and turn. Oh, yes, it's best I hold your arm. Get lost easily around this house. <laughs> my most interesting house. Where are you taking me? Yes, there were 30 before you. Most interesting array. I used to read the want ads in small town papers, and then I'd write letters. Oh, most interesting letters. I needed a secretary, a housekeeper, nurse, excellent salary, unusual accommodation. Oh, how well, I knew this had happened. Yes, indeed. And they brought all their worldly belongings with them, generally in a suitcase. Little here, little there. Oh, why sure it's been most profitable. Now, in this room, for example... No. No, don't open that door. No. Perhaps it would be better not to. The one in here came to be my housekeeper. Oh, let me see. How long ago was it? Oh, well, no matter. She came as a housekeeper, and after she went into a uh, retirement in that room, I found in her suitcase such interesting bonds. Why, I tell you, my eyes fairly popped right from my head. Oh, yes. It's the uncertainty that makes my little business so very fascinating. Killed 30 women. Now, let's go down a little way now, down here. Don't make me pull you along. Killed 30 women. It wasn't difficult. Most women are such fools, anxious to believe what they want to believe. They came here for life and you gave them death. Ah, you're the smart one. That's why I'm even bothering showing you my work. I never did the others. And showing you around won't do harm. You won't be talking long. 30 women died. Now, in this room... Oh, uh, let me open it and show you. No. No, don't make me look. No, please don't. No. See? There's no reason for excitement, just an empty room. Uh, that's what she thought when she went in here. Then I pressed this button so. <laughs> and the floor flopped open as she stood on it, and down she went. Down, down, down. Guess into what? A pit of lime. Oh, <laughs> oh yes, I tried out so many different ways of killing them. You wonder why they'll never find me out? Well, I'll tell you why. Because I'm much too smart for all of them. Oh, not perfect crimes. No, nothing infantile, but just cleverness in choosing the women I do my business with and an equal cleverness in doing away with them. Oh, yes, indeed. Ella, dead. Ella, 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 what does she matter? Just another. Why speak of Ella when I'm telling you about my cleverness? It isn't right for you to live. Well, you're not the judge of living and dying in this place. I am. Now then, what was I telling you? Oh, oh, yes, yes, yes. 
Why, they'll never get me. Ever seeing you, it's done things in my head. No corpus delicti. And if there is one, no evidence of violence. Ah, there, that's the secret. Were you very frightened, sister? Pearl of quicklime, there's no corpus delicti after that, I can tell you. <laughs> Not when you bury them in a slab of concrete. Ah, yes, that's the secret. If I could only have been with you, little sister. And now this room, let me show it to you. I, I think this will be your room, my dear. So very frightened? You see the door? Airtight, airtight, yes, indeed. I'll open it. <laughs> the room. Amazing sight, isn't it? No doors, no windows. I could have helped you, Ella. Now, I'll shut you up inside the room, then I'll close the door and press this button here like this. You hear that, little one? You hear that? Pumping, pumping, pumping. And guess what is pumping? Ella, Ella, my head. Air. You hear me? Pumping the air out of the room. Yes, that's clever, isn't it? <laughs> you breathe, and soon there'll be nothing there to breathe, and then you'll die. And the police do find your body, no mark of violence, nothing but asphyxiation. A most mysterious death, they'll say. And in time, they'll decide it's all quite natural, embolism, heart attack. Oh, they'll think up a fancy name to clear their files. Yes, indeed, they always do. It isn't right for him to live, is it, Ellis? Now, first, off with the pump. Now, my dear, I think you'd better step inside quickly now so I can close the door and go about my other work. Quickly, I tell you. No, wait. Wait, wait for what? I want to give you something. What could you give me that doesn't belong to me already? This. Gun. Get in there. Get in that room. Gun. You had a gun in your purse all the time. My father's. I brought it for the man who... Ella. Get in no, that room. No, no, no. What are you going... Get in there. I'll press the trigger. Get in there. I'll kill you. No, no. Don't Get in. Don't. Get I'm in. an old harmless man. In. I was only fooling. I wouldn't hurt you for the in. world. Revenge. It's right to revenge, isn't it, Ella? He said to press this button, Ella. The pump. It's running, Ella. Listen to it. It's killing him the way he killed you. It's right to revenge, isn't it, little sister? Right to revenge. 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 Going out. The air. Shut off that motor out there. You hear me? Shut off that motor. Pumping out the air. Pumping it out. The pipe. The air going out. I can't reach the pipe. Shut it off, you devil out there. Shut it off. It'll kill me. Kill me. It's getting thin already. Shut it off. I'll give you anything, anything you want. Shut off that pump. I can't die. I won't die. I'll tear the walls down. Let me out of here. Man's got the web here. Let me out. Let me out. Well, my ears. Can't hear. Drums breaking. Blood in my mouth. My eyes, no air, bleeding, air, give me air, breath of air, air. Revenge, 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 revenge. Revenge, 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 revenge,
Revenge. Such a young and pretty revenge. girl. Revenge. Revenge. What could revenge. have driven her out of her mind, revenge. crazy like that? Revenge. Revenge. What, I ask you? Well, Mr. Obler, and I suppose they all died happily ever after. You, um... Put things so sweetly, Mr. Martin. Mm -hmm. The dark corners of the human mind are the deepest dark, I believe, of anything in the universe. Speaking of darkness, how would you like to turn back the pages of that nebulous stuff known as time to the Sakhalin of Tsarist Russia? Uh, you mean right now, Mr. Obler? Oh, yeah. You know the answer to that as well as I do, Frank. It's always after you've had your say for ironized yeast. Remember, friends, if you're deficient in vitamin B1 and iron... If that's why you're so under par in weight and strength and energy, then get ironized yeast tablets right away. Now, of course, a rundown condition may be due to other causes. If in doubt, see your doctor. But if you're simply short vitamin B1 and iron, remember, ironized yeast has been so successful in such cases that it's sold on this no-risk, money-back basis. If you don't begin to eat better, to look and feel much stronger, peppier, and more alive, the cost of the first bottle will be refunded to you in full by Ironized Yeast, Box IY, Rahway, New Jersey. Now, uh, what is this about Sakhalin? Isn't that the Russian island up above Japan? Yes, but our story concerns itself only about the Sakhalin, or Sakhalin, which was used as an, an execution ground and a, well, it was a sort of a macabre education ground and a devil's island against the enemies of the Tsar. It's a strange story of man's inhumanity to man in one of the strangest places this world has ever known. But be with us again as usual next week. Yes, tune in next Tuesday again for Arch Obler's eerie story, Sakhalin. And if you need more vitamin B1 and iron, be sure to try ironized yeast. But remember, there's only one ironized yeast. You'll know it instantly by the yellow and orange package and by the big letters IY on the container and on each tablet. Taking care of those hard-to-replace white shoes is easy. Buy a shoe white that's more than just a whitener. Buy Energine Shoe White, made by cleaning specialists, makers of famous Energine cleaning fluid. It not only whitens your shoes, but its cleaning and conditioning action helps Energine Shoe White give you a smooth, even, long-lasting job. So use Energine Shoe White. It keeps your shoes looking better, longer. This is the Columbia Broadcasting System. 
That was one of the more hair-raising adventures of the entire series, Carl, and it was based on a true story. There was a real murder castle in Chicago built between 1887 and 1893 by Herman Webster Mudgett. Mudgett had changed his name to H.H. Holmes upon moving from his native New Hampshire to Illinois in 1886. At first, the castle was a two-story mixed-use building with apartments on the second floor and retail spaces, including a drugstore on the ground floor. In 1892, Holmes added a third floor with additional rooms for rent. Reports claim the structure contains secret torture chambers, trap doors, gas chambers, and a basement crematorium. During the Chicago Exposition of 1893, Holmes lured mostly women into his murder castle and after gaining their confidence, would kill them and abscond their belongings. H.H. Holmes had a history of selling cadavers and human skeletons to medical schools. Some experts believe many of his victims were his source material. His atrocities made national news for weeks. In his radio play, Obler had Holmes appropriately dispatched by a survivor via one of his own machinations. In real events, however, after killing as many as nine people, Holmes escaped and made his way to Boston and then to Philadelphia, committing more mayhem. Holmes was finally caught and jailed, where he gave various contradictory accounts of his life, initially claiming innocence and later that he was possessed by Satan. He was tried, found guilty, and then hanged on May 7, 1896, nine days before his 35th birthday. Experts suspect he was America's first serial killer. Though none of the cast is credited in this Lights Out radio episode, Joseph Kearns portrayed the homicidal villain, who in this instance was given the name Henry Stewart, Kearns was one of the busiest actors in radio, and on TV, he played the exasperated Mr. Wilson on Dennis the Menace. Mercedes McCambridge was Betty Malone, who successfully sought revenge on Stewart for the death of her sister, Ella, played by Gloria Blondell. McCambridge would later win an Academy Award for Best Supporting Actress for the 1949 film All the King's Men. She also supplied the voice of Pazuzu, the demon who possesses the young girl in in the 1973 horror film The Exorcist. Other members of the Lights Out cast included Joan Loring as Miss Nord, Stewart's second victim, and Lou Merrill as the policeman. Each of these members of Hollywood's Radio Row was cast often by Obler throughout the series' run. Though he did not utilize any music in this program, Obler incorporated ingenious sound effects working with Bernie Surrey. A gong was rung to signify scene changes. The engineer at the studio booth control board was Gary Harris, who remarked in a Radio Life magazine interview that Lights Out was his most difficult assignment. The banter between Obler and announcer Frank Martin regarding the story's horrific nature is another hallmark of this series. Though Bob Lamond was the announcer when Lights Out premiered on CBS, October 6, 1942, he departed a few weeks later and Frank Martin was enlisted for that duty. Martin read the commercials promoting ironized yeast and occasionally was accompanied by others including Marjorie Davies and Marguerite Blount, who appeared in this episode. Though Holmes's murder castle was still standing when the script first aired on Lights Out, it was gutted by a fire started by an unknown arsonist shortly after Holmes was arrested and remained vacant until 1938 when it was torn down to make way for a post office. During the Lights Out series, 
Obler reused several other scripts from the NBC version, including Poltergeist and The Flame. Lights Out remained on CBS with the same sponsor for a full year. The finale occurred September 28, 1943. Well, that's all the time we have for this edition of Radio Rarities. Radio Rarities is a Gulfstream Studios copyrighted production produced by yours truly, Carl Amari. My co-host is Lisa Wolf. Mike Costella is our executive producer, and the show is written by Carl Shadow. Next week, we present the first episode of the Dashiell Hammett-inspired character, The Fat Man from 1946. Be sure to catch it. Thanks for listening. Hi, I'm Lori LeBay, and I wanted to tell you about Alzheimer's Speaks, which is another great podcast. You see, my own mother lived with dementia for 30 years, and I felt lost. Did you know every three seconds someone in the world is being diagnosed with dementia? Odds are it's going to hit your families too. We want to help you connect to services, products, tools, research, and stories so you can be prepared. Please subscribe to Alzheimer's Speaks on your favorite podcast platform.